another podcast. It's been a long time, but we're back. And we're back with an amazing episode. It will be yeah. the last episode of this season. Anyways, today we are going to be discussing Paris is Burning, Angels in America, and Pose. Three amazing, well, theater scripts slash films mini series yeah all of it deliberately chosen the different formats um to kind of talk about um aids and queer culture and the 90s well kind of end of the 80s and beginning of the 90s uh zeitgeist in a way and as we always do before diving into it we're gonna give you a little synopsis um of each one of them so <laughs> go ahead Isha I'm so okay, excited so Paris is Burning by Jen Livingston was released in 1990 and it was in 1990 yeah I think so um and it is a queer staple and in terms of content we ask ourselves where does voguing come from and what exactly is throwing shade So this landmark documentary provides a vibrant snapshot of the 1980s through the eyes of New York City's African-American and Latinx Harlem drag ball scenes. Made over seven years, Paris is Burning offers an intimate portrait of rival fashion houses in a world rampant with homophobia, transphobia, racism, AIDS and poverty. It features legendary vulgars, drag queens and trans women and it celebrates the joy of the movement the force of eloquence and the draw of community yeah so <laughs> that's this very exciting <laughs> summary <laughs> which was not written by me <laughs> um angels in america was directed by mike nichols and was released in 2003 but it is based on a play by tony kushner So, Angels in America is the story of a gay man, Pryor Walter, a 30-year-old New Yorker whose lover, Louis, abandons him when he falls with AIDS. When he falls ill ill with AIDS. Um, Transcendent forces, so visions and angels, (laughs) help transform Pryor from a man dying of AIDS to a man living with AIDS. Along the way, several romantic and platonic couples come apart and the final social configuration of the of the play compromises a loose band of multi-generational, multiracial queer friends. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, and then last one, Pose by, well, produced by Ryan Murphy, uh, was released in 2018, so it's the most recent one. And it's a drama spotlighting the legends, icons, and ferocious house mothers of New York's underground underground ball culture. So essentially, it's fictionalizing kind of the world of Paris is burning. Um, it's a I don't know how many seasons they've been made till now, but I mean there's a lot of things going on. So as a general kind of synopsis, this is it's just yeah like exploring the lives of each one of these icons basically. Exactly. I mean, for for context, Pose, a lot of the characters don't have the same names, but they're very clearly inspired by characters, well, actual icons we see 
and the legendary documentary Paris is Burning. Um, yeah. I was actually struck just like before we go into it. I was like, wow, having seen, having watched Paris Burning and rewatching the pilot, which by the way, we're going to be talking about the pilot of Paris is, of uh, Pose. But I was like, wow, you can really see the heavy influence of Paris is Burning. It's clearly the, the kind of fundamental text they're basing the, the series on. Exactly. I mean, if you see, it literally opens with the title card of 1984, the same one. I think it's 84, but yeah. And the character is like Venus, Extravaganza in the documentary. It's like Angel in the series for me. The MC we see throughout the documentary is the character of Billy Porter. Exactly. So the MC, it's very like, you know, and they expand on this the things we see in the documentaries and they dive into this crisis that's like you know it's a theme obviously in the three things we're looking at today which is the AIDS crisis um so yeah I would say probably pose as kind of the connecting bridge between the three of them um and we thought we'd pair them together just because it's like the same era it's queer culture but from different angles, one is ballroom and then it's more, you know, just gay men living with this disease. So, yeah. But if you want to go ahead and explain what ballroom is for the people at home who don't know to this <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> what a crime. Not, you're not seeing Vicky's face like expression right now, but she is saying this very politely. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I thought I was I would mention a quote by Bianca, one of the protagonists in Pose, because she puts it in a very um, in a very clear way, which is ballrooms are a gathering of people who are not welcome to gather anywhere else. A celebration of life uh, that the rest of the world does not deem worthy of celebration. And then how does it, who they do how do they do this by dressing up for different categories in basements in underground basements, and these would these categories would be either like royalty or pretending to be a lawyer or basically any role that a gay minority person um would not be able to access as as easily as any other person in the world, <laughs> and then through these categories they walk and compete between different houses which are kind of like different teams and then like in the moment they deliver with judges who perform the best Mm -hmm. yes and I think in pose for example the concept of houses you know there's a competing element obviously in houses but Especially if you think about the context of that era. And that is so obvious in like Paris is Burning. They really dive into that theme of being abandoned and a lot of queer kids being lost and going to New York City because it's this like, they know like kind of this paradise is there, right? Of like, there I could exist. But then they go there and it's a very abrasive city. And that we can see like, Three the three films, miniseries we chose today are in New York. And I think it's really important that to realize that there was a specific culture, you know, uh beyond ballroom, but very based on ballroom as we can see in the character uh Belize, yeah. 
So it is mentioned in Angels in America that Pryor and Belize are old drag queens. And the context of, you know, three of these pieces is beyond homophobia, those like very harsh is, you know, kind of finding an escape from this epidemic that was like basically killing people everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, like New York is so important for all of these stories uh and all of these pieces um like really make sure that we see new york uh both the underground and the overground if you want to see if you want to say that um even heaven (laughs) just kidding um but i think from what you said what is also interesting is that even if there's this like very dim epidemic this very dim like dim environment sad environment um this queer community has like such it's so colorful and there's like so much life to it um and they occur in these basements but i don't know you can really see this kind of um will to live you know this this energy to wanting more to life in a way um and and I would say... No, no, continue. Sorry, continue. just... Also, the beauty of Paris is burning. I've participated in balls and I've done really? voguing. I didn't know that. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've been a voguer for a long time, but there's something about Paris is burning that's a capsule in time about that culture. It's really sad, but obviously it doesn't exist to that point because if you see, for example, in Pose, that thing of like the sense of home also exists because they're homeless, like literally homeless. So in this day and age, voguing and bulk, uh, like ballroom culture is very much still alive and on the mainstream, but there's that sense of community that is not vital, you know? So also to think of these spaces as like survival spaces, I don't know. It's so beautiful. I love that documentary. I watch it like so many times. But yeah, I don't know what yeah. you thought about it in terms from a filmmaker's I point of view. Love Paris is Burning. I already I saw it like three years ago actually for an anthropology course, <laughs> um, and I just thought it was it was so well done. Um, it I I can really like breathe the kind of freshness. And authenticity, of course, that's kind of the point with documentaries. But um, with Pose, I feel like there's this kind of glamorizing aspect to it because all of these um, like children in the houses have actually like really nice houses and they're all like very glamorous and look very clean and whatever, which is, of course, part of um, the bent, like the privilege of doing something afterwards and making a film or, or, or a TV show, you have the, like, the resources to make actors look pretty, right? And not to say that <laughs> Paris is Burning is not pretty, but what I'm trying to say is that it's, it wasn't always pretty in terms of, you know, how they hustled and everything. And in Paris is Burning, you see like their dreams and again, them wanting to live to express themselves, but you can also see them in very like difficult situations and precarious environments um and i feel like paris is burning does a great job in showing both 
their hope but also their hopelessness um and sometimes that that is a bit more difficult to grasp when you're fictionalizing it um which looks a bit more glossy and i just also really loved how i i really like the technique of um like introducing concept constantly <clears throat> which i wrote them like mopping shading which by the way these are all other concepts that actually help you on the idea of what the ballroom culture is uh so what would we say it was like mopping shading voguing um reading realness houses so all of these things are kind of describe the the ballroom culture and they're kind of like self-explanatory but what you were saying about like the houses i mean even the terminology of houses these spaces like ex emerge because people need c community people need um you know peers people that understand them um and like in the houses you have like sisters and a mother and everything and then in the ballroom culture you have well apart from performance there's a lot of sometimes a bit of hostility um and in paris is burning Oh, yeah. full on, yeah, full on yeah. hostility. And in yeah. burning, all of this is introduced in a very organic way as we, we like see them doing something and then we get the concept. And in pose, in the opening ceremony, like the opening sequence, I thought uh, was amazing because it already included all of these elements. And I could just like read, I could already like read the different words that had been thrown at me before being kind of screamed, you know? But, I mean, definitely, yeah. I think there's, I don't know, watching it them back to back was really special because obviously I knew it was inspired. But all of a sudden, you know, when you see all these scenes, because also voguing is because they love Vogue magazine. That's where it comes from, from doing the poses and whatever. And instead of like battling, you know, because it's called a battle when you Vogue against someone. So instead of, you know, fighting in the street, you battle and voguing and, you know, they have all these hopes of, and dreams of being models, dancers, choreographers. And it was kind of beautiful seeing how in the present, you know, we got these big movie stars because of that show. So in a way, when they're portraying these people that a lot of them died because of AIDS or, you know, Venus uh, extravaganza, that storyline is it breaks my heart every single time, but she's basically, you know, a prostitute and she ends up being dead. Murdered. And the fact that, be yeah, murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The fact that she's celebrated in this, also this show that's been so successful is really beautiful because it really expands their legacy to the point where today we're talking yeah. about them. I think so, that's also something that was yeah. interesting because we've, as we said, chosen <clears throat> different um, iterations of this era throughout the decades. So 1990, 2003, and 2018. So it's still a very... It's still very much present in popular culture, like the AIDS epidemic and the queer culture of the 90s, which I think also kind of raises the question how much like a traumatic period in history uh, f like feeds into creativity, you know, or like creating uh, films and pieces in general. And especially this kind of, like this era, I think, 
people are still very attracted to apart like from one side because it was emotionally quite traumatic so many people died but then also it is so like multi-sensorial right there's like dancing and there's colors and there's fashion and there's music and i think naturally that's something really amazing to to use cinema like screen right and like cinema as a med- as a medium is a great way of of showing this this moment um and yeah i don't know i thought that was crazy and, yeah and i think also because what's interesting is because all these people or characters struggle with they their identity being questioned by the real world it becomes even stronger to the point where they're so charismatic they're so charismatic you see the documentary and not like you don't go oh it's a talking head he's gonna explain this so i can understand the story you're like fully in it and there's so many iconic quotes that till this day are like reference in queer culture like you're just an overgrown orangutan like that is a like a read you can say till this day to someone and they'll understand it yeah where it comes no from i mean they're they're stars like they're stars but i wanted to like also kind of touch upon different themes that i feel like are very recurrent in all of these uh pieces so i think what ultimately all of these like protagonists do is trying to pass like pass in society or fit pass has a connotation like we're going to talk about that term but then also just like fitting in fitting in in society because ultimately these are all like queer people that are trying to go about life when they have a disease whereas this is symbolic or physical uh whether this is symbolic or physical they're all just trying to yeah go through life living with something that is eating them that society tells them is wrong or you know yeah i mean it's the the concept of realness if you think about it is so like it's kind of sad the fact that you know in paris is burning it's very much mentioned of like you know you're trying to pass as a military man or as a you know high you know I don't know, like CEO type of person, because, you know, you could never access that in the real world. So you kind of create this fantasy of like with your friends of who could, you know, be the best CEO. But then even Um, like beyond the ballroom, for many of them, their ultimate goal, and we say we see that in the documentary with Angie, is to pass as a woman. And it's interesting to see like LaBeja mentions that saying like, oh, all of these people think that when they become a woman, all the problems will go, right? They will suddenly be, be realized as a person. Um, when, yeah, <laughs> changing your gender or like becoming another identity doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be completely accepted by society, maybe in a personal way, yes. But I thought it was interesting how the, yeah, the kind of, level of how respected you are in the Balkan culture depending on how much you could pass as a woman um and then in yeah and yeah it's a it's a discourse that nowadays you know there's a lot of well it's something that's like interiorized in people because you get gendered on a daily basis so it's something that the 
community has evolved and learned from that mistake of like, you know, don't question somebody's identity just because you can see who, you know, they were or something. Because, yeah. But the concept also in Angels in America, you know, the per, the character of, you know, Al Pacino, which yeah. is this actual lawyer who Roy. existed, Roy Cohn. Yeah. He was a real person. He was a, like, really, you know, somebody who denied their identity their whole life and ended up dying alone. And I think also that character is really interesting in the way that it's like the denial is so hard. And I think Angels in America is not... Yeah, the passing is in just hiding the sexuality completely. Yeah, now that you mention it, I feel like Angels in America shows the different degrees to passing because you have him who's like complete repression. Even him, he's like, I'm not a homosexual. I'm a person who messes around, who fucks around with men you know and it's like well that's being homosexual right but he does not see it and then you got the mormon guy but that's an actual quote of someone who knew Mm. him you know he died of aids and there was something of like there's a scene with al pacino where he says i'm not a drug addict so what are you saying i am and there was a quote from someone who said he could never be a homosexual he just had fun with men because being a homosexual would imply he was weak and Roy Cohn wasn't weak. So it's that point of delusion of, you know, of his circle, him included, denying that part, although they could see it and he was living in yeah. it. But yeah, no, no. sorry, you uh, were saying. I mean, and that also shows with uh, Joe, the Mormon lawyer. And then I actually thought, now that you mentioned Belize, I think he was a very interesting character in Angels in America. And I think it is, he's particularly like pertinent for us comparing it with Paris is Burning and Pose. Um, because do you think the play properly engages with his story? Uh, do you feel like it's kind of... Um, like he's kind of a token or or not because i i mean clearly it's a white dominated like film right you have especially the main characters are all of them are, like you said are white male mostly but i think i think they managed to, ch- to touch upon his story quite well um and represent like a profile that wasn't there really throughout the play i don't know what do you think um yeah the character of belize for me is really well written because it's put in contrast with al pacino's character so i think that character always comes in in a place to question all of the others so it's like you know it's really interesting because even the character of lewis is you want to punch him sometimes because he's pure rationale to the point where the other one goes you're just racist and it's like oh fuck thank god this problem is also exposed of you know not just because you're a gay man living openly or as openly as you can excludes you from being all this type of you know hatred towards other people so i think the character of belize it's secondary but it is vital to the story and the arc 
you know, they have with Al Pacino and this actor. It's just, yeah. like, beautiful. Yeah. It's um, beautiful. All the pairings are amazing. Like, I, I, I was honestly drawn to all the stories. Some more than others, but still, mostly. Um, and I had mad, like, you have, you end up having mad respect for Belize. He's just, like, literally the, the main point of, of balance between everyone. And yet is the one who witnesses the most and is aware of most of the injustices and suffers them. And um, I thought this particular moment in the, in the series, I think it's towards the last episode, where he's talking to Al Pacino when he's in his final days, and he mentions this utopia, uh, this, which is actually like a, jo- a genre like Afrofuturism, you know, which is... Um, a genre that like centers on black history and culture and incorporates it in like science fiction, technology, dramas in general. And he's talking about like heaven, what his idea of heaven would be. And he's like, I would literally eradicate every man that thinks like you and referring to Al Pacino, um, which I thought was a really strong moment, especially because I feel like it really linked with this idea, this fan, this fantastic or this fantasy that people in Pose and in Paris is Burning, like the icons are um, aiming to live in. Uh, so this idea, like you were saying at the beginning, of of a better world, of but sometimes even like surrealistic, because I feel like they're engaging in, in it, but they are so self-conscious about the fact that it's a fantasy. Um, and I guess that you need that fantasy when you're... Well, yeah yeah in angels in america i would say the fantasy is the prophecy of the angel coming and whatever where they're self-aware to the end of like is this real is this a dream and i think also touching upon Belize's character i think it's the sense of community we get both in paris is burning and pose is incarnated in that characters because otherwise it's a lot of abandonment and just disheveled families or couples or whatever and Belize is the one that takes care of Al Pacino which is a dumb detail but it's so important without gloves touching physical contact that was such a strong thing of you know a lot of queer people were dehumanized because when they got treatment because they didn't know about the disease and everyone was scared and the fact that Belize is you know, hugging Al Pacino's character, Roy Cohn, is very important. And then helping his friend, and even fucking Lewis, just, and the character of Meryl Streep. Yeah. Just, He's incredibly... You know, it's a lot. And no, I was just going to say, he's the home yeah. of all of these characters. Yeah, he's incredibly empathetic. Um, with Al mm-hmm. Pacino, with literally, like being disrespectful, insulting him, and he's, he hugs him, you know, he's mm-hmm. there to comfort him, and it's just like, un- I, I was getting the vibes of, like, unconditional love, but more, like, unconditional solidarity from his part, unconditional, like, camaraderie, in a way, <laughs> um, but I think what, now that you mentioned community, all of these films really make you think about the human condition, I think, well, all of these pieces, especially, like, Angels in America, and yeah, when you have a crisis like this, where you have to be in isolation or you're suffering in a way, just like community becomes such an important part. And you see 
whether it's, whether it's religion or the ballroom community or family, like a non-blood related family or friends, um, I just thought it was like important to say how sure all these people have, I mean, these are fundamentally like individual problems, a disease and your sexuality, but oh, you just need so much support from everyone, you know? Um, and people find it in different ways, uh, but then sometimes it also kind of co- it becomes conflicting with their identity, you know, with the Mormon guy, his religion says something, his identity is one not like another, and then with all the icons in Paris is burning, I mean, the, you know, classical problem of being this way and your family not, not accepting you, um, I don't know, I feel like that, that contrast or that fight between like societal forces and yourself is very present in all of these uh which i guess is kind of like yeah. a fundamental because element I, of queerness and being queer yeah and i think especially of that era if i'm not mistaken is like reagan yeah. era you know so it's very like a right government you guys can die we don't care we don't look at you you don't exist to the point, for example, in Pose, they mention it, and it's very silly. They still steal from this museum, get caught, but nobody presses charges because, oh my god, if they found out it was queer people, it's over. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's a theme throughout because I think it's a theme in that era yeah, specifically as for well. For sure. But yeah. And then also, they all talk oh. about, like, justice and what is fair and what is not fair um i i feel especially like in angels in america they they have this constant um questions about like theories in the real life um and then like in pose in the pilot you get like bianca's about to leave the house and then the mother gets really 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 mad and it's just like she's leaving and she's like justice i don't know i felt this very like prevalent element of both being angry or seeking for justice and i guess this happens when you're faced with death or like this kind of and just constant unfairness because you know it's just a very unfair society and then you can see the resentment, for example, in the mother, you know, that's very superior and imposed that it's like it comes from a place of hurt, of profound hurt of like, I've struggled so much. You're going to have to struggle the same because otherwise it's not fair, you know. And yeah, I think it's this, this, you get this feeling from the three pieces of like, this is why, just why just why do we have to struggle and why does it have to be so hard you know and just kind of this like just constant fight there's never a moment where they can you know just give up yeah and, you know and i know there's it. i think for example in angels in america there is that is very much tied with religion and faith and like sin and all of that that's something and like just like ethical issues um that is very tied. I feel like that feeling of, 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 yeah, confusion, unfairness, and all of that is very much based on that, on these kind of values that have been thrown at you. Uh, 
so I think in Angels in America, the religion theme uh, is very important because for Tony Kushner, I think it must be uh, because of the whole Jewish element, right? That's very prevalent. But I think the whole concept of Angels in America of, you know, the fact that somebody dying of AIDS could be a prophet, it's kind of subversing the whole narrative that was probably placed against them of like, it's a sin and that's what you're that's why you're dying because that was the discourse of that time of like you kind of had it coming so we're not going to worry about you so i think that's the beauty in angels in america the fact that you know a mormon can switch their vision and actually find love you know because that's the whole like arc of patrick wilson is also very beautiful very heartbreaking but you know finding his true self and just the vision of angels, the fact uh, that a gay person could have them, because it was written in the 90s. It's very, I think it's subversive, just taking every biblical, you know, terminology and, you know, yeah. stories and bringing them to yeah. the and queer culture. Yeah, and like in the first scene when the, I think it's Damon, the 17-year-old guy who knows how to dance, is thrown out of his house her his mom tells him that exactly he's like she's like well you're gay and no and, and he was like no i'm i'm not sinful and he's like she's like yeah you're sinful because you're gay and that's why you get the disease so aids was seen as kind of the punishment for being gay you know um but going back to religion yeah i and i think just to add to even though all of this is like very serious and existential, I think Angels in America uses religion in such a comical way. And I think it's brilliant. The way, like, I particularly liked how he used um, religion and all these biblical references and angel references to create this absurd narrative sometimes, which I think is specific aspect of writing a play because I could like honestly see this mini series like I could see it was based on a play and I could imagine all of these all of these things on stage which actually just kind of kind of ties it ties in with the next question I had for you which was kind of yeah I wanted to compare which form art form was more effective for you or not even effective more moving for you what do you think like documentary or series or putting on a play adds to this the theme of queerness in general and yeah I was I was I was saying that with Angels in America I'm really it made me really want to watch the like live version and the national theater version with Andrew Garfield because I could also see him playing prior so well like I can picture him so well and just all of the elements I can I can I can imagine how it feels live you know with the light coming in and simultaneous scenes happening at the same time I don't know I thought there was this element of absurdity and epicness that I feel like would be very very uh, impressive in the live theater yeah, I think the only thing about the series that I was kind of, ugh, is how bad the <laughs> effects have aged. 
Um, but I think this play is notoriously hard to put on because you're like talking about angels falling from the sky, the set completely destroying itself. And there's like 20 pages of like Tony Kushner telling you exactly how it should feel. So it's not something you can, you know, ease your way into. It's very complicated. Um, but it's also very exciting. And it's one of those plays that if they put it on, it has to be national theater, Andrew Garfield level. Like it's so notorious. You can't do anything under it. Um, so I think that's really fun. And that's something that without theater, you couldn't go to the place he goes in Angels in America. But then Paris is Burning, answering your question, it's a capsule in time. Yeah. Like, it's, for me, the fact that we can, pres not preserve, but, you know, see these legendary queer icons talk in such a candid way. You know, it's, and also, it has affected, like, it has marked queer culture to this day, right? Like, and it's, it's very referential, so it has changed queer history, I think, definitely, that documentary. And just because of that, it has so much value. And then Pose, it's kind of, it allows us to go beyond. I think Pose for me is the only one where I'm like, sometimes I have doubts and the fantasy element that you, you know, glamorizing it so much to the point where sometimes I'm like, it's not realistic. I don't believe the pain so much, uh, but it definitely has its purpose of, you know, I think a lot of my straight friends saw that show and just because of that, it brought ballroom scene. It kind of revived yeah. it. So, yeah, I yeah. agree with all of the kind of like strong points you see uh, in each one of these formats. And with Paris is Burning, I think, apart from all of the documentary elements, freshness elements that we've talked about, um, there's also something special about it having been like filmed for seven years that gives you like this kind of, for them, this character arc with one of, with some of the icon icons um because well we see like we see their life at the beginning and then i mean unfortunately for Ex venus it's such a sad story she dies but then we see the choreographer that i don't remember his name but you like from the willie ninja, ninja which yeah. is you an just see him icon like those three seconds in the ballroom dancing and you're like wow this guy has talent or this person has talent and then he becomes this very well-known choreographer and collaborate collaborator uh with famous collaborating with famous people um and of course you feel i mean you feel for them and, and you feel the sense of kind of wholeness to their story too which i thought was very impressive um and and i agree with pose we always said about like that kind of kind of glamour aspect but we have to know that pose I mean, the kind of target audience is different and the conditions are completely different. Like Pose is a TV show and it is supposed to entertain too and um, kind of attract young people. And I mean, it's more of a mainstream, of course, like a mainstream production, right? But I, I think I really, there's something really comforting with kind of expanding the lives <laughs> or like getting deeper into the lives of these of these icons. Um you know, just adding more chapters, even if they're fictionalized versions. Um, I think that's also in a way kind of play like paying homage to them. Um, 
And also, it was created by someone queer, and the homework was done, so I'm like, you know, if it means that this culture is brought to other people, you know, definitely it's worth it. And I yeah. think it's Ryan Murphy, like, yeah. it's his style, like, he Very always campy. does that, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's camp, it's not, you know, yeah. Uh, can we maybe just give them, like, ratings between each other? Like, see which ones... Yeah, just like an overall rating, as if we had to put a review on Letterboxd. Yeah, I was gonna say, recommend it to a friend. What would you say? Like, I would um, firstly recommend Paris is Burning, because I think it's the cultural, like, archive. It's the real thing, you know? And it's more than that, it's just, like, beautifully executed. I think it's such an amazing documentary. So I would give that documentary a 10, 10 out of 10. Um, then Angels in American Pose are similar, similar level. I think they're, they're trying to do different things. I personally, I don't know. I, it's just, I like them for different reasons. And I think I would give both of them, um, like an eight or something like that. Um, I've only watched Pose the first episode, so it's not fair. Um, but I think they do both do well in their in different ways, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with the Paris is burning. I think it's one of those where I'm like, it's necessary. It's like one of those where I'm like, it's not optional. Like, you should watch it because it will teach you so much. You'll be entertained. You'll have fun. And it's... I mean, it's studied both in documentary courses and, you know, queer studies. So queer studies. I think there's like both. performance studies, dance everything. studies, yeah. cultural history studies, like everything. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a before and after type of thing. So just because of that, Paris is Burning is at the top. Then for me, Angels in America, because it has done so much in terms of playwriting, and I love Tony, like Tony Kushner's career. I find it very interesting because now he collaborates a lot with Sp- Spielberg. And yeah, I think that for me, just, I love this play so much. I, I just love it so much. And it has done so much for theater. But in terms of the meaning series, there's something that's kind of lost in translation there that I can't help. You know, the sal- simultaneous effect of the play is not, you can't yeah. do it in cinema. So just because of that, I would say eight, nine, but still very iconic performances overall. And Pose for me, it's kind of the same. We've seen great performers come out of this show and it did impact, you know, a lot of series being greenlit because of the yeah. show. So, you know, mm, yeah, I would say Pose 8 because there's sometimes a lack of realism or greediness, yeah. r- right? Like gritty. I need more of that, a little bit of dirt. But yeah, okay. I would say that's it. <laughs> well, this has been a very interesting episode. Thank you for joining me. Yes. And I must say that, that Vicky has pink clouds as her background (laughs) which is very very like um adequate for this episode um so thank you for choosing that and going with the theme 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys again for listening. And before we wrap up, we just wanted to mention, give a special mention to Andres Orduña. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kindly yes. begged us to come back because he missed us. And I hope, because I know Andres, you like this culture and this theme. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Please, uh, if you want a episode dedicated to yourself, do send us a message and we'll consider it. Yes. Um, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Hope you enjoy. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Ciao.